Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at thtdui.com. The George Brassy Podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. Hey, George, can you hear me? I can. Uh, I'd like to welcome Randall White to the podcast. Randall is currently serving as a member of the Park Dis- um, excuse me, Park Forest Chicago Heights School District 163 Board of Education. He's also the founder of Church in the House Ministry. Randall, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on. I was truly excited. And so I'm here with uh, my good friend. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was great. Um, you know, was, my son is a year old, and uh, it's great to, to see him experience the holidays for the first time. Okay, okay. Yeah, we had the uh, – uh, my, uh, my youngest is uh, six, and so uh, she had us up all night and had me putting together toys, and so I love the holidays. And uh, it's just a different way to uh, be together with family. We did the Zoom, uh, you know, kind of family connect thing, and so – Different, but uh, we definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, this has definitely been a one-of-a-kind type of year. I'm hoping that 2021 will be a little more uh, more peaceful and smoother, but we'll see. Yeah. So, Randall, I wanted to have you kind of open up by you know, talking a little bit about your own personal story and what led you to becoming a, a member of the Board of Education. How many hours do we have? Uh, well, we've got at least 20 minutes. Uh, to condense the story and just kind of uh, short get the shortened version Um, uh, born and raised in the uh, south suburbs uh, right here in my hometown of uh, Park Forest Uh, uh, during that time um, uh, was a little adventurous if I can say and kind of connected and put myself in um, and around some some people and things that probably shouldn't have you know they say birds of a feather flock together um, came from a wonderful background, great home. Um, father was not present in the home, but my mom did the best she could trying to raise four boys. And so uh, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, that can kind of, even if you put your best foot forward, it can kind of go south. So uh, connected with some kids and some people that um, kind of uh, were on the other side of the uh, law. And um, uh, I was shot five times in the chest and was involved with gangs and uh, just uh, hanging in environments that I shouldn't have been in and uh, found myself being like those people that I was hanging with. Uh, didn't Wasn't raised like that, didn't come up like that. But again, once you become or you act the part for so long, you become the part that you're acting. 
um, you know, kind of the turnaround was a little bit mixed with my faith. Um, I ended up going to Bible college, but also the incident of uh, being shot kind of can shake your world as well, too. And just a bunch of other incidents add together like a mixing pot to kind of shape you and, and, and push you on the straight and narrow. Um, with that said, uh, I got involved. I came back uh, to Park Forest. Me and my wife uh, purchased a home with my children. And we began to start a youth uh, sports mentoring program. And with the youth sports mentoring program, um, I really began to look at the woes of, uh, you know, coming up in this day and age versus when I came up. It's a lot faster. Uh, the kids are, have a lot more um, not only positive, but negative things right at their fingertips. And so we decided to get involved and give back. And um, looking at the, the foundation of the education in Park Forest, we thought it needed a facelift. Uh, looking at um, some of the programs here for the young people, we thought it needed to uh, be uh, uplifted and held at a better standard as well, too. And so with that said, I said, hey, um, what's the best way to do that but get involved with the educational process? Uh, me, myself, I dropped out of high school at, 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 um, at the freshman level. I end up going back and getting my GED and bettering myself later in life. But I understood that um, if I had a foundation of education, um, that would have put me in a better place to start off in life. Randall, how old are you um, when you're a victim of gun violence? Uh, I want to say in my teens. I can't remember the exact uh, age, um, uh, but uh, right in Chicago Heights, um, right in the area um, uh, down Lincoln, Lincoln Highway when you cross Western. Mm-hmm. So in that, uh, that area there. How does being a personal survivor of gun violence influence your ways of understanding um, kind of the issues with gun culture and violence in the streets? That's a great question. Um, it's 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 twofold for me. Understanding um, that guns are a problem and, and most of the time they find their hands in uh, their way in the hands of the young people and especially those in the inner city Um it's it's so complicated in the question, but it's twofold. On one fold, I think that we have to have laws and different things in place that'll stop that from happening. Um, if I can just be frank, uh, none of the young people own any trains that bring the guns in the community. None of them have the ability to go purchase a gun. Um, so it's they're getting their hands in, in, in themselves in the hands of the young people some type of way. So we got to create laws, uh, which we're working on to kind of stop that. But at the same time, um, there is a push for uh, second offenders uh, that get caught with, with guns. And, and being you know, a victim of gun violence myself, I understand we don't want uh, these guns in the young people's hands. We don't want them. Uh, using them, we don't, and and when we they use them, it should be some type of repercussion or consequence. But at the same time, I think preventative measures should be in place first. And as one that has went through that, I feel that I can um, add my voice to that and speak up. We need some measures that can prevent our young people, um, our inner city youth, from getting guns in the first place. Uh, programs such as, you know, that geared towards a. Uh, uh, leading them away from that, giving them an opportunity to focus on their education and, and further in that lifestyle instead of the other side. And I think when we when we look at the issues that youth in the South suburbs are dealing with, 
uh, just being so close to a state like Indiana, who has much looser gun regulations and laws, really contributes to the ability for guns to get out on the street. Yeah, 100%. But we do know that, um, you know, especially when it's concerning the youth under the age of, you know, 18, 17, um, which a lot of these incidents are occurring, the young people killing young people and shooting and mistakenly hitting an innocent bystander, they're getting the gun some type of way where they're not doing it legal. Mm -hmm. And so whoever's purchasing the guns, um, we have to crack down on that. A lot of times the offender, the one that shoots or the, the young person or the, uh, the one that uses the weapon is getting hit with the, you know, strenuous time and strenuous punishment, but we're not doing the backtrack to find out how they got that gun in their hands in the first place. Radel, let's talk about um, Park Forest, Chicago Heights, School District 163. Um, what uh, schools make up the school district? What neighborhoods uh, send their kids into the schools? So we have two two neighborhoods, uh, thus in the name, Park Forest, Chicago Heights. Uh, so uh, the it's a small portion of Chicago Heights, but it's in the uh, Beacon Hill portion. Mm-hmm. We actually have have a school there. It used to be called Beacon Hill School. Um, they over the last, uh, I believe, four or five years, it changed into uh, Barack, Barack Obama School. And then um, we have uh, three others. I'm sorry, four other schools as well in our charge. We have Mohawk. We have 21st Century, we have uh, Blackhawk, and then we have Michelle Obama. Um, and those other four schools are in the Park Forest area. Um, so it makes up the Park Forest and Chicago Heights community. Are all four of the schools, are they all kindergarten through eighth grade, or do they separate out at a certain point? Yes, sir. They're all kindergarten through eighth, uh, K through eighth. Um, and they, they feed into uh, uh, which once was uh, Richie's that was right here in Park Forest and also, uh, parts of Park Forest feeds into uh, Rich uh, uh, Central as well, too. So since Rich East is now closed, are all or a majority of the kids going to end up at Central for high school that go to 163? Uh, I believe they split it up because now we, we of course, lost one high school, regrettingly. Um, they split them up between South and Central now, and they changed and rebranded the district uh, they don't no longer have the names that they once had, but I think it's rich township high schools and they're split up between the two. When, um, the high school board was voting to consolidate, you were one of the biggest critics of that. How did that inform your, uh, understanding of school board, uh, politics? <sighs> That's a, a great question too. And, and I'm still learning, uh, that aspect, uh, of school board politics. Uh, I, I thought getting into it, it was about the education of the kids and the connecting the community and, and not knocking uh, those uh, board members um, at all, but politics is a part of it. And um, understanding politics and learning how to connect with people, I think it would have helped a little bit more. I believe what happened in Park Forest uh, is a was a problem, but at one time it was a good problem. Um, uh, our uh, previous mayor um, made sure that the politics that's outside of the community wouldn't get in. And so he allowed Park Forest to be a nonpartisan community. He kind of did the Heisman towards anyone, the Heisman hand towards anyone that would come in and try to uh, bring 
you know, that type of style of politics in to where it's uh, it was a monopoly and, you know, certain friends with friends and connections. And but the problem with that that happened was anytime you have a closed fist, you can't get nothing in, but you can't get anything out. So what I believe that it, our current board um, had no relationships with other uh, board members, had no, I'm, I'm sorry, trustees within the village, had no relationships with other trustees from other communities where they could have made phone calls and weighed in on discussions. And so it was no involvement with Park Forest's leadership when they considered closing Richie's um, and, and not understanding the effects that it would do to a community over a five period year, how the taxes would you know, be affected behind that, how the property value would be affected behind that. And I believe that politics would have played a, a good part in this situation because the good part of politics is having the ability to connect with people and sit down at the table and reason and come up with ideas that will be equitable for both parties. What would you like to see done at the um, Richie's campus? I would... Uh, perfect world I, I want to bring the legacy and the history back to rich east that i once experienced that that my son had the opportunity to be one of the last classes of um, where i had the opportunity to be one of the last coaches for the junior varsity team and so many people before me came through and experienced the green and gold um that that's the that that we call the rich east colors if we can get that school back open um um, I think that it was a tragedy. I think it was a mistake. I think the numbers in which they showed as far as uh... Hey, Randall, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. I apologize. I got a call that was coming in on my uh, tablet. Um, yeah, so my apologies again. Uh I believe it was a tragedy. I think that if uh, my perfect world, I, we can bring Richie's back. Um, we can get board members on there that can put the truth out. Yes, it needed some upgrading. Um, I believe over the years they neglected to do that to Richie's, thinking they were going to get some type of state funding that never came. And so uh, it was one of the older buildings, but it was the flagship school in the district. All the other schools were built around it. So perfect world. We can get Richie's back and going. If not... Um, you know, because I'm optimistic as well. If not, um, we can use that for some type of uh, real estate or businesses. Tell me about some of the things you want to tackle in your own school district at 163. You know, straightforward. Uh, we have to get some of those administrative salaries down. Um, you know, we we've just passed taxes and I'm sorry, we just raised taxes here in Park Forest. And I think that was another um, tragedy in the midst of a pandemic and the economic uh, deprived times that we're living in. I don't think the answer is always going to the people to um, get them to give more. I think the answer sometimes is with any corporation you look within first and uh, like it or not, the school boards are a corporation. They're paid hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in salaries and programming and different things to keep the school functioning. But at the same time, when you have uh, it, it, we have super we have about three superintendents, if I can just speak. Um, I don't know if that's the, should be the norm. Um, 
I think, uh, one, even maybe two. And again, not trying to speak to someone and say their job is not needed, but at the same time, I think that we should look within and trim some of the fat within us first before we go out to the people. Um, one of the arguments is that we'll lose programming. Well, we have money that we take from the EBF, the educational base funding, that will make up for the loss of those programming. But during the pandemic, we've had not to pay out for busing, um, certain food services, certain janitorial services. We've saved money across the board that we wouldn't feel the effect of downsizing, but the people feel the effect of raising up taxes. And so one of the challenges that I want to tackle is we got to figure out innovative ways to bring in grants and bring in resources where we don't have to continue to tax the people. And we got to get those test scores up. Randall, me and you have known each other for quite some time. And uh, one of the things I found the most impressive about you and your activism was the uh, Black Lives Matter protest that you organized uh, in Chicago Heights on Lincoln Highway um, shortly after George Floyd's murder. I wanted you just to speak about, um, you know, what inspired you to do that? Um, what was that like for you? How many people were out there? Because uh, I know you were a big organizer in that. Yeah, uh, myself, along with uh, Jameer Atkins and Sonia Warmly, um, uh, and, and I can't even say that it was just uh, seeing what took place. I had a number of our young people that we service um, call me up and say, we have to do something. Coach, can we get involved? Um, uh, what can we do? And then we just put our heads together and said that we need to do a march. We need to do something that makes a statement. Um, marches in itself, um, they're effective, but it's not actually putting, you know, laws in place. It's not actually pushing something that can make change. And so sometimes people criticize and say, well, what will another march do? But what a march does and what the gathering together of any people does, it gives a sense of empowerment. It gives a sense of fighting back, pushing back. It gives a sense of taking um, what's rightfully yours and which is freedom and equ equitable living for every human being. And so uh, one of my motivations were, was my kids, my, uh, my young people, not just my immediate kids, but the kids in the community that I serve that said, hey, coach, I want to do something. We got to do something. This needs to stop. Um, I believe in believe it was Martin Luther King that says when there's injustice anywhere, there's, in, you know, injustice everywhere. And so fighting back and pushing against the injustices of, you know, um, that took place uh, against George Floyd that takes place all throughout the country is was a big motivation for them, which in turn was a big motivation for me. Absolutely. In uh, addition to your activism, you also have a ministry. Can you tell the audience a little bit about, you know, your, the religious side of uh, Randall? Yeah, I went to uh, um, W.L. Bonner School of Theology in South Carolina and um, obtained my ministerial license from there. And uh, I was a youth pastor there for a number of years and then came back here and uh, me and my wife currently now, we do something called um, Church in the House Ministries. Uh, we usually do it on Mondays. We've uh, missed a couple of Mondays. It's an online uh, Facebook Live ministry. Uh, uh, being political season now, it's been kind of rough because you know how it is, uh, George. You're getting signatures and 
you're out and about and you're making phone calls and you're um, I'm a strong believer. I post a post on Facebook uh, today that it was a um, scripture that a lot of pastors talking about it and a lot of pastors quote about fasting, uh, fasting and praying and how to connect with God. And one of the fasts that God told us to do to connect with him was to loose the bonds of wickedness and to loose the oppressed and to, and to give to those that are in need and help uplift our fellow neighbor. And that's not just in words. That's not just in prayers where I can pray for an hour and say, God, I want you to, you know, help my community. No, you got to get up. The, the, the fast and the prayer that God has chosen was for us to get up and to be involved and to be active and put our voice to power and talk about and fight back against the injustices that are taking place in our neighborhoods, in our communities, um, in our country. And so that's what Church in the House Ministries is about. It's a, um, a movement. It's uh, me and my wife and my family. We minister the gospel on um, Facebook, but also um, we're, we're heavily involved in activism within the community. Randall, I want to ask you the last question I ask all our guests. What are two books you would recommend to the audience that have influenced you? I, I would say the Bible, but we kind of spoke on that. So I'll say uh, The Art of War, and, and that might be kind of uh, interesting. You might want to know why on that. And then also I have a friend that wrote a book, uh, Michael C. Robinson. He wrote a book called My Father's Blood, and it's uh, about an inner city youth growing up in the city of Detroit um, with gangs and violence in the uh, mid-'80s and early-'90s. Um, it's a great, great read. It's called My Father's Blood. I mean, now he's a, a pastor and a businessman and just a wonderful person. Uh, but he talks about how he was forced into that life where he never wanted to and how, um, you know, the, the relationship with his father and, and now his relationship with the, with with his uh, he doesn't have any kids, but his nephews and the people around him. So wonderful read, really good book. Tell us a little bit about what interests you about Sun Tzu's uh, Art of War. Um I, I, and I take it and I take it you read it yourself or you you're very familiar. sure. Yeah, I take a lot of the principles out of there and I apply them to everyday life. Um, um, everything in it, it's not, you know, uh, especially not the violence. I don't look at the violence uh, is put in my life as far as to utilize that. But how I aggressively attack um, situations, how I even with the the mixed with the word of God. Um, I believe that we're in a spiritual battle first, an unseen battle. And I, I want to learn strategies and ways how to combat against, you know, those spiritual forces that influence, I believe, influence our world as a man of God, as a as a preacher. But also in the natural realm, we everything that you engage in sometimes could be a battle. It could sometimes be a fight. And it's not necessarily with aggression or with uh, brute force, but learning the strategies in, in, in behind situations, I think it can make you be more of an effective businessman, more of an effective uh, leader, more of effective just all around person, just learning strategies, how to navigate through life. Randall, where can the people find you on the internet? I am on Instagram. Um, you have uh, a Park Forest Pride. You have Richie's Basketball also on Instagram. Um, but I'm also on Facebook as well, too. You can find me at Commissioner Randall uh, White. That's my Facebook page. Uh, you can also reach me. Uh, you want me to give my uh, business line? Uh, 
Sure. You can also reach me at 708-265-1305. Again, that's 708-265-1305, and that's the Board of Education number. All right, everybody, Randall White, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you so much, my friend, for having me. It's a wonderful broadcast and look forward to connecting with you soon. You're doing so many great things, and so uh, you definitely should be highlighted for that, too. Hats off to you, my friend. Thanks, Randall. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Help George stay on the Chicago Heights City Council. Go and donate today at tinyurl.com slash aldermangeorge2023. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC, Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast. <laughs>